Down to the Nub Podcast, the cigar podcast show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, cigar giveaways, interviews, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Brandon Cigar Mechanic Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of Down to the Nub. And... Uh, Full transparency, this is take two, and as a joke, in take one, I even said, okay, take two, not knowing I said that was coming. Oh, that's right. You said take two. Yeah, because you started off with down to the nub, and then we just, we said the word God, and everything just went, boom, and went away. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, hello, hello. I know. So here we are. Like, I, I, I see you. It, it, yeah. And then we said, I'm just going to say it anyways, we, we said that... Uh, Anytime it starts off goofy, that it ends up getting really, really deep and really good. And I love that. But I also love how it was last episode that it got really deep and just real. And I yeah. loved that. But I, I love how there are other cigar groups that have their own podcast. And I'll call it out Holy Smokes Podcast and the Holy Smokes group that is international uh, has their own podcast. Steve Ryder, our dear friend, hosts it, runs it, does a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I mean, he's been in radio broadcasting for like 30 years, so he knows absolutely what he's doing. But their own group, especially the Ohio one, is talking about sharing and listening to Down to the Nub. So anybody in Holy Smokes, Ohio, or any of the Holy Smokers that are out there, thank you so much for listening. We love each and every one of you guys. But I love how our community does that. There's no turf wars. It's, hey, yeah. you know what? There's another one. I want to check it out. It's a godly one. Absolutely, I want to check it out. Yeah, we got to get them on our show again. We had them last year uh, mm -hmm. when when Steve uh, lost his wife, and um, what an amazing! That was probably one of the first. I think that was the first episode, and maybe even the only episode that we did live that we actually opened that we had a prayer. Yes, I believe it was the only one where, and we didn't even do the praying, which was no fantastic. It was it was awesome, and what what a cool episode! I remember looking back at that and just saying. Oh, this is where God's taking this. Mm -hmm. I've watched that one a couple times in the last, well, nearly year now. And every time it's just like, wow, okay, God, yeah, the writing was on the wall. We just didn't look at that wall yet. Yeah, I, I think that's the coolest thing in the world. And and I do. I feel I feel so blessed that, um, you know, one of the one of the Holy Smokes reached out to me and we were just chatting back and forth. And, and he asked about the podcast because I brought it up. And, uh, and he, he says, well, is it something that I can share with my group? Because, you know, in the cigar industry, not every podcast is something you can share with a group called The Holy Smokes. Yep. Um, and you can share it, but it's probably not going to be widely accepted amongst um, that community. Sure. And uh, I said, yeah, here's a link to our latest episode. And it was a really cool episode. So go listen to it and tell me what you think. And he came back and was like, I've already shared it with the group. Steve already commented on it. It's already there. Hopefully you get some followers. I said, whether we get followers or not, it, it it's really it doesn't matter to me. I would love that people listen and gain something from it. Hopefully, there's a message in there that God needed to bring to somebody, and that somebody gets to hear it because you shared the link. Yeah, and I I asked to join the Ohio group because I knew that that's you know where it was, and and I think his name's Curtis. Shout out to Curtis. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not in Ohio. I'm not from that area. But I thought did he let you in? Join? And he did, which is oh, awesome. Okay. I didn't see. I didn't even ask to join because I'm like, I'm not in Ohio. I don't know if I should join. I'm, I'll, I'll go. You know, actually, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to take a break. And you totally should. Well, commercial break. <laughs> Boop. Go get yourself a 
bag of popcorn and a soda from the vending machine. Oh, come um, on, man. That was your opportunity. That was your opportunity right there. Go get yourself a nice warm cup of TurboJet coffee. Sit back and enjoy this commercial break. TurboJet coffee. TurboJetCoffee.com. <laughs> you Can't had your opportunity. all about me. Oh, it's not going to be all, but that was your moment. There we go. Yeah. But I am I am working on a custom blend for Shadow Smokers Legion for uh, Cigar Club, another one, which is a, a great, great group. Uh, and I'm, I'm having one of the test blends right now. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Which one are you doing? Uh, I am having – there were four original test blends. Yeah. And it got narrowed down between test blend number three and test blend number four. And then test blend number three is the one that everybody seemed like they wanted to work with the most. So I've added in some different beans from another region and did three different uh, ratios of the blend for that. And so I'm having the one that is 70% the original blend and 30% the addition of the uh, single origin beans. And it is good. Mm, sounds good. I, I just started going through the test blends. <laughs> Admittedly, I just started. It's been sitting there and I... I I usually don't make my own coffee unless it's unless it's Keurig or something simple. I, I'm not. I don't like spending a lot of time for drinks or food or anything. I don't mind waiting for something to show up if somebody else is sure. making it. But my idea of spending a lot of time on food for myself is it's too much time to put something in a microwave for a minute. Yeah. So, trying to you know grind up the coffee and go through the process and wait for it to drip and perk. I'm like. Ugh. Just give me a Which cup. Which is why right. you've got an amazing wife who takes care of it for you. Yes. She was said, she, I got up this morning. She's like, oh, would you like some coffee? I said, absolutely. Oh, can you do one of the test blends? And she's absolutely. So we both drank it and um, it was not our cup of tea, um, which is fine. You you made it purposely that way to see if that's what people wanted. That's the beauty of it. It just wasn't my palate or something that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I, I drank it. I was not going to waste it. My, my wife was going to it. I was going to tell you that she was going to pour it. I said, I'll, I'll drink it. No, that's fine. Either way, there's a reason where I, why I did four different test blends that are all very different from each other because yeah. I didn't want four things that are like, oh, well, that's uh, close to the other one, so I don't know which one I like better. No, I want four very obvious differences in the blends. Yeah, that's exciting because I, I can't wait to try the other ones. And I think I told you I was going to try one uh, number one. You said, no, you're not going to like that. <laughs> No, and, and, and you won't. I can tell you yeah. right now that, that, that you won't like it. I mean, try I it. I still want to try it. it. Yeah, try it and check it out. Uh, but um, I think number four is going to be your wheelhouse. Three is good, but I think with the depth you like in coffee, you'll like four better. Nice. Okay. I, I, I'll tell you this weird little thing. Um, the test blend number two made me sweat a lot. I noticed after I drank it, I was just, I was, I, I had like pit sweat. And some coffees do that, and my body just reacts to it, and I pit sweat really bad. Now, it didn't last very long, but some coffees, I get that, and some I don't. Your Sumatra, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like my body gets hot from it, and I can handle it. So I don't know if it's a caffeine level or if it's something in the coffee, but I noticed after that one, I, my, my core just got hot, and my, my body was thinking it needed to cool down. It could be a combo of the caffeine mixed with um, the acidity. Both of them can do it. Maybe, yeah. I didn't notice any heartburn, which is really cool. And I drank it hot. It wasn't cold. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've been drinking it on hot coffee lately. 
Yeah, probably the caffeine level. I don't know. Just weird. Yeah. Just yep. weird. But yeah, but, so uh, that's what's going on with TurboJet Coffee. Actually, lots is going on, but we don't need to make the whole episode about TurboJet. But things, God is opening doors, and I'm continuing to walk through them until he closes them. I, I think they're. I think it's really cool. I think uh, I think it's amazing to watch your business grow uh, from just a little idea that's named after your your both your sons to, you know, this really cool logo, um, and people buying. Yeah, people people yep. buy it. So it's uh, we're, and I'm going to continue. You just made it easier for me to buy from you, so I will continue to buy because if you're expecting me to go to a website and make an order. Again, I don't like to work for the things. I, I like to work for my income. I like to work for a living. I, I, I almost too much to a fault. Uh, I just don't like to work for things that should just be provided. I think so. <laughs> there you go. Hey, and man, that's why order coffee. Like me are around. Yeah, right. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. So you just made it easier for me, and I think that's awesome because you're willing to do that too, and and you you know exactly what I like. So I, I think that's great. But uh, what are you smoking right now? You know, I am smoking a cigar from our good friend, Travis Acord, even though he's Acorn. He sent me a sampler box from uh, New Orleans Cigar Factory, and this is their Plantation Reserve. It's the Connecticut, and this is the reserve, or the uh, Robusto that I'm having. Just a really good, I don't know why I'm doing this, thinking it's going to focus when it's I know not it's not. But that's oh, what there I, it goes. There it goes. Look at that. So that's what I'm smoking, and it's a great Connecticut and you know it's connecticut's are not good ones are not easy to find uh and i would have been very impressed with this one so i'm enjoying it nah, what made, it the, made the bayou um yes i am smoking the espinosa laranja escuro nice do you know why i'm smoking this because it may or may not be an award-winning one it may be yeah because it got number one from cigar snob magazine our friends over cigar snob picked the Laranja Escuro. Let's see if we get it. Uh, no, this is our this is our camera test, uh, if it'll focus or not, and I'm just going to give up. But, uh, yeah, they rated it as number one cigar of the year for them. And I thought that's really cool because they're one of the only publications left um, in print, uh, so between Cigar Aficionado and Cigar uh, Snob. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've met Eric and them from Cigar Snob, cool guys. And uh, it's just really cool to have this. I feel talk about feeling blessed. I mean, number one cigar of the year from CA and from Dojo with you know the the um, the es- not the Espinosa the EP Carrillo. It's been a long day. Holy crap! The EP Carrillo pledge, mm-hmm. um, Espinosa Laranja Escuro getting number one from Snob, uh, Patino Maduro getting number one from uh, uh, Dojo for uh, Under the Radar, uh, and then. You have uh, La Mandaria, number 22, with Half Wheel for the, uh, not theirs, but for the consensus, meaning that uh, combined, what, 40-something people, um, all those scores added up to them sneaking in on number 22. And I love that because that's, essentially, I look at the consensus as the People's Choice Awards. Yeah. Like, like, like the, that. that's, that's the People's Choice of reviewers and content creators and whatever label you want to put on it. Uh, but but I look at that list, the consensus each year now is like the people's choice. Okay, there's there's the the you know publications, the highly respected, the main two you know publications that you look at their list every year. Yeah. But then you've got the consensus, which is the people's choice, which I think is nine times out of ten more relatable 
And so I really enjoyed looking at the consensus this year. And there was stuff on there that I had tried and enjoyed and stuff that I didn't care for as much and stuff that I haven't tried yet that I'm curious about now. Sure. I think it's a great list because it does take what the more, I think more so more the average person uh, is smoking because you, you have small, you have small shows that are, are labeled in there. I mean, your show is a great show uh, with Cigar Show Tim, but it's not a huge show. It's, it's not, you know, you don't have thousands and thousands of followers and you know, it's not a publication that's out there. You don't have tons of sponsorship and, mm-hmm. you know, which is most of these shows. They got somebody that's sponsoring them and it's just a guy in his garage just enjoying what he's doing, smoking multiple cigars and maybe getting samples, but mostly buying them and, and just enjoying what he enjoys and telling other people what he enjoys. And so you take all those, you put them together into a fair uh, algorithm where everything is equal and to see any cigar pop up in the top 25, I, I think is cooler than any of the list personally. Yeah. And I think if, and I'm probably quoting this wrong, but I'm going to go with what I remember. I want to say that in that article, Charlie writes that there were something like 400 cigars mentioned or listed that they had to go through. And so when you can get to the the top 25 on the consensus with all of that, you're doing really well. And you're getting more cigars that are available. You're getting less limited edition. You're definitely not getting any Cubans. I'd be surprised if any Cuban made that list because you're not, Cuba's not sending you cigars to review on, on, on cigar show, Tim. It's like, Hey, Castro, thanks bro. You know, it's not happening. Um, so you're getting stuff that's available here in the U S you're getting stuff that is available in shops, very little limited stuff because not everybody can get their hands on it. So even if one or two guys said, oh, this limited edition that there was a thousand of them made is my number one, it doesn't really matter because it's not going to be everybody's number one. Right. So it's really cool. It is a lot more of a reasonable list. Now, it's a slightly skewed list because some people do have sponsorships or they do have sure. you know, whatnot, but... Um, you know, you're going to probably see more Drew Estate on that list because they sponsor just about everybody, um, you know, and you're going to see more Saka because he's really active with all the reviewers and all that stuff. So you are going to see some slight skewage um, on that list. But overall, I, I think it's a pretty accurate list. Yep. No, I would agree. It's 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 just cool with where the industry is right now and, and who has a voice and who is becoming a louder voice and all the different outlets that people are going to. And I love it. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. And something else I want to bring up too real quick mm-hmm. because we had Half Wheel on the show um, and we had Patrick Legree from Half Wheel on our show uh, last week, this, this last Sunday. If I remember right. Yeah. And uh, he was right here in the studio with me and it was really, really cool because we fully expected to get a ton of questions and, you know, almost getting just bastardized for their list. Because mm-hmm. most shows that he's going to go on, the, the the people that can ask questions go, oh, well, so how can you pick this one, number one? I didn't think that was number one. What made that the number one? And you argue with the guy. And mm-hmm. the questions that, that our followers posted and and the, the way the show rolled was so cool because they wanted information from somebody that has a, a very good palate, somebody has a mm-hmm. very good understanding and a ton of knowledge in this industry Oh, yeah. They wanted information. There was so, so little. Now, I don't know if that's because nobody <laughs> that follows us watches or follows Half Wheel. I don't know. But um, and if you're not, you should be. Yes. But everybody was so respectful and actually wanted information instead of just beating them up over what, what or was not on the list. That was cool. Yeah. 
you know, and, and I went back and watched it because I wasn't there because it was my wife's and mine anniversary. Yeah. And uh, and so kudos to you. Well done running the live with the bleep loops and everything. You you succeeded wonderfully. All by so, myself. All by yourself. But it was it was great because uh, it, it was that when I went back and watched it, hearing what Patrick was sharing, whether it was about the consensus, whether it was the process of rolling a cigar or looking at the different parts of the cigar or how they're made or the veins being on the back for presentation purposes, all the different minutia details that he got into, I think is different than he really gets into in any other interview or that Charlie gets into or Brooks or any, any, you know, any of those three, when they get interviewed or asked questions, I think it was much more like nitty gritty cigar nerd information yeah. than just like, you know, blasting them for why'd you put this or how come that or all those different things like you were mentioning. It was informative and it was educational. And I think people just really wanted it. Yeah, we actually had one uh, one individual on there that has their own show and said, I never knew that there was a front and a back to a cigar. They made go. that comment. And it's like, yeah, dude, there's a front and back. I, I know that because I've been at the factory. I've, you know, I'm in the industry. So I've dove in, I've, I've dove in a lot deeper than most people. But there is a front and a back to cigar. So to have people learning from that, I didn't want the show to end, honestly. It was, we were coming up to that mark as, I don't want this thing to stop. We're, we're going to go two and a half hours because <laughs> there was just a lot of knowledge being shared. And, it, you, know, you know, Patrick and I, we've known each other for, I don't know, nine years now or something like that. Actually, longer than that. Yeah, probably nine, 10 years now. So since he moved out here to Phoenix, I, you know, shortly after he moved out here, he and I became friends. And we've been hanging out almost every single Sunday since. So the, the obviously the relationship is strong there between he and I and, and it's very comfortable, but everybody else was really comfortable asking him questions and there was so much knowledge being shared. I, I didn't want the show to end. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you have some stuff you wanted to dive into tonight. I know you had something that you I could see it. It's on the brain. It's wanting to come out. So let's get into it. So we've we've talked a lot about uh for freedom outreach for the men's camp that they put on. And, and the ministry that is is changing men's lives. And there's one coming up in April here in Southern California, and I've invited my dad and, you know, the pastor of, of my church to come. They're both signed up. They're both excited, ready to go. And I had an opportunity to talk with my dad uh, when we drove out to Phoenix, actually, back a couple weeks ago um, and saw you for, you know, 3.2 seconds, like a pit stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Uh, and I was talking to him about the camp and just, hey, you know, carpooling, different things. And he's like, it's like four months away. I haven't planned out. I had, and I was like, I, yeah, I get it. Uh, but we've got, you know, 22 people between Arizona and Indiana 23. and Louisiana. 23 between Arizona and Indiana and Louisiana and Texas and all over the place coming Oregon. out. So that's why the, yeah, that's why the conversation is, is happening. But, you know, I talked to them and I said, you know, just about what I've gotten out of it and different things of that nature. And I, I don't even know exactly how I phrased it to him or brought it up, but I just said, you know, I, one of the things that Brandon has noticed when going there, cause he's been there so many times is it's easy to point out a pastor that shows up because they're in pastor mode. They're in, in, in that mindset, that role of how can I minister to people and carry on the, it sounds bad to say it this way, but it's the reality the presentation of being a pastor and shepherding people and doing all that instead of being there to be fed. And I said, you know, I'm excited for, for you and for John to be there because I know John is, is an, a, a student of the word and wanting to grow himself. And, you know, and I, I, I really hope that, you know, that's the mindset that you're there with also. 
Uh, and he said something to me that just got me so excited. I was like, can we just drive up tonight? And I didn't say that to him, but, uh, but his response to me was, I've learned in my years in my walk with God and in my years in ministry that if I go to a place like that, that is supposed to enrich me and I go in the mindset of a pastor, all I'm doing is cheating myself of what I could get out of it. And I just thought, yes, he gets it. And I know John gets it and he's going up there to be a, yes, he's my dad, but he's going up there to be the son of God, the child that needs to be fed and enriched and uh, become more learned and, you know, broken down in areas and built up in other areas and all those kinds of things. But it just made me so happy to know that not only is my pastor, who I know very well and know that he is educational and has the mindset of authority in Christ, and we're going through that as a church right now and all those different things, but just the reassurance and hearing my dad say, you know, I I, I have to go there as a student because I'm, I'm, I'm not getting everything out of it if I don't, it was just reassuring knowing that there are pastors out there that can put aside the ministry title, the pastor title, and still be a child of God that wants to learn. And it was so cool to hear that. Yeah. Are you going up there to be fed or are you going up there to feed? Yes. And I think that's such such a powerful understanding to have going into it. What is your expectation here? And are you are you going to let go of your expectations so you can hear what you need to hear and you can grow where you need to grow so you can come back and feed even more? Yep. That is powerful because even listen in my role with um, you know with uh, with House of Rejects um, and, and running a couple different groups you know uh, helping to plant churches throughout the country and online um, it's it's easy to get into that mode of I'm already there so I'm gonna get everybody else there and how do I how do I get everybody there and I noticed even last time when I when I went up last time and you were there um, was my what fifth time going up to the camp, mm-hmm. and uh, I went up there just actually Jason and I, you know, that that started our church here um, and and have started House of Rejects. He and I sat down and said, okay, well, this is going to be a time we're going to get to go away. While all the guys are in in the in the chapel, they're doing their thing. We're going to go and, and hang out, and we're going to you know we're going to we're going to be in prayer together. We're going to talk about the the church that's coming together. We're we're talking about all this stuff. And we're going to be able to get some stuff hashed out, and you know, because we've been here five times, Jason six, um, and so we've already we've we've got it, we're good, and mm-hmm. we ended up sitting in the whole entire training, and at the end, it was like, hey, um, Brandon, my son, uh, there's something that you got to get rid of. You're <laughs> holding on to something, even though you think you've let it go, you're still holding on to a piece of it, and it was powerful, so powerful. And had I been sitting outside and missed that part, that would not have been let go. Yeah. So what a powerful opportunity for a pastor uh, and and a father that's been, you know, in the word for a long, long time and Mm -hmm. has, has raised you to be in the word and to be a strong Christian. What a powerful, and even for yourself, because growing up in the church and growing up in the realm that you've grown up in, it's so easy for you to say, oh, I already know all this. Yep. I've heard that story a million times growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I get this. Oh, yeah, I get this. And did, you went to it, and I think your eyes were opened. You said, oh, 
man, this is different. Oh, this yeah. isn't just some guy standing up here reading verses and singing songs and kumbaya, let's be good. And like, no, this is long lasting. This is deep. Oh yeah. Well, and it, it, it's, <clears throat> it's cool because when I came back from it, I mean, the day that I got back, I went and picked up my boys from their house because they were over there spending the night and <clears throat> I'm talking to them and I'm sharing, Oh, and this happened and all the different things that, that God did in me. One as as, you know, feeling things and, and, you know, sharing things with me that were going to happen and all those kinds of things with the Holy Spirit, but also things that, you know, I learned through it. Sharing those things for me was really cool because I got to tell him, oh, you know, and God did this and God did that, you know, and, and I was obedient and in this area, God showed me this and revealed that and just all the different things that I got to learn. But it was also interesting because he said, you know, who, who runs it? Who's in charge of it? Is it, you know, a certain ministry is it? And I said, well, it's all based um, off of um, John Eldridge, John Eldridge. and, and uh, you know, Wild at Heart and Ransomed Heart Ministries and all these different things. <clears throat> but then I start going through and naming off the people that are leading it and in charge of it. And my dad knows a lot of them because it was based out of a church that uh, my family belonged to for decades, literally decades. My grandparents were founding members of the church. But it was a ministry that uh, the men's pastor at the time, when it started now 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, um, my dad was a part, and I'm not going to say instrumental, I'm not going to, you know, blow it up more than it needs to be, but was a part of helping that get launched and what was called men's fraternity, where they wanted to get men into a, a, a community, into an atmosphere of being around men, but not being afraid to be real, be emotional, be, be upset at times, be frustrated, re live real life, but make sure it's, you know, focused on God. And, you know, it, it was also one of those things when I'm sharing how camp was with my dad, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and this person was there and that person was there. You know, he was just like, oh, okay, and, you know, learning more about it. And at first I thought, okay, I'm going to say those people's names, and he may go, oh, okay, those guys are running it. And knowing his ministry background and, you know, being an executive pastor of that church for a number of years and all those different things, that he would be like, oh, that's cool. And then I would ask him, be like, oh, no, that's great, because he would know about those guys. But it was a complete opposite reaction. It was like, no, that's that's awesome. And I said, so the next one's in April, and I'd really love for you to go. And without hesitating, he goes, I would love to do that. That's so I was cool. Like, Okay, I, I, it's, it was another example of how God has blessed me with an amazing dad who, regardless of knowledge, background, ministry, knowing inner workings of, you know, drama, churches, whatever the case may be, can see that his son is getting stuff out of it and says, Dad, I want you to experience this too. And regardless of anything else, because his son is saying, Dad, I want you to go and experience what I've experienced, he jumps in with both feet. Yeah, I was actually nervous to meet your dad for even the 2.5 seconds I met him. I was, I was a little bit nervous. I felt like I was um, meeting my wife's dad when we were first dating. You know, is this guy going to accept me? Um, because, uh, listen, I'm not stupid, man. I, I know that I'm I know I'm rough. Um, I know that I'm, I'm rough around that, but I, I'm I'm black and white. There, There's usually no question of where I'm at. Very mm -hmm. straightforward. And if I don't like you, you know. If I like you, you know. Um, mm -hmm. if there's an issue and you say, Hey, I need help. I'm shooting it straight. Don't come to me if you are a pansy and feel like you're going to get hurt by everything because <laughs> it's going to get shot straight. Yeah. Uh, now I'm also going to be there on the back end to be compassionate and to help, uh, build you back up. But I know, I know from my life experience from being in Samoa and all that stuff that you, you, you have to tear down to get to the core of the foundation so you can build the foundation back strong. 
but you can't build a foundation until you tear down the house that's the rickety little shed that has been built over the years. Mm -hmm. So I was really nervous to meet your dad because I just know how <laughs> I could be. <laughs> but it went well. It was really cool. I got to, yeah. to meet him, and and um, and it was really cool. So I'm excited to come up and spend some more time with him and get mm -hmm. to know him better. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean that was the the thing that just stuck out to me about you know looking forward to camp and a lot of literally hours of prayer that have gone into it. You know, after asking my dad and before asking my dad and all those different things, and not that it's focused on my dad, but you know of of just hearing his words and his take on it was just one of those reassurances of like, okay, th this this is a great thing, and I can't wait to see what God does even more in me and through me, and what God does through my dad and through John and through everybody else that's going to be there because there are so many people that are coming out to it that it's going to be, for me, it's going to be like a reunion after a few months of having met everybody and then saying hi virtually through screens and then getting to see everybody again. So I'm really excited for camp for so many different reasons. I think, I think house of rejects is going to be about 20% of the camp now. That's awesome. So cool. So cool. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make shirts cause I want house of rejects on like, probably the last day or the first day, one of the days. So everybody's going to come in in a house of reject shirt and for a brand new ministry, uh, from a crooked, broken, ugly person like myself, um, that I was, um, to seeing this come to fruition and to have 23 people coming up, uh, from all across the country. I mean, this is a this is a ministry that really is just used to people coming up from California, not a ton coming from out of state. And now they're getting registrations from, you know, Indiana and Louisiana and all these places in Oregon. This is it's so cool. I'm so excited about this. So yeah. incredibly excited. So God's really blessing it and doing a ton of stuff. I think from this is going to come some more leadership, some more church planting. Um, I love that that our, our Saturday group is coming up there um, and. Uh, Colorado, um, you know, we have them rep represented up there. And I think that there's going to be some really cool uh, groups developing from this, some more churches being planted. And when we talk about the church, it's, again, I think we've said it before, but it's not the, it's not a building. It's not like, no. you know, there's 23 people coming up and there's going to be 23 new buildings built out there. Um, it's literally the original church, which is meeting in homes, or for us, it's meeting online on Saturday morning, and men coming together, women coming together in their groups, um, and, and being there for each other, going through the emotions of the day and the week, and battling demons, praying for each other. That part of that growing is oh, so exciting. Well, I mean, look at, look at what has happened just in the group on Saturday morning that we're a part of, and how God has already changed all of us in there and opened hearts, opened eyes, and just softened all of us in many different ways and taught all of us so many different things and all the different revelations on how to change and improve and sharpen our iron with other men. And like it, it doesn't get any better than that. And, and for people that say, oh, I don't need to be in a community group. I don't need to do that because I can read my Bible and I'm close enough to God. You have no idea what you're missing. 
Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it, it, it's great. That that's awesome. And the way that, that I, you know, relate that because I've talked to many people over the years that have said, Oh, I just read my Bible at home and that's the only church I need because I connect to God there. And you know what? Absolutely. Reading your Bible, quiet time, talking to God, essential, important. I mean, vital part of the Christian relationship with God and the Christian walk. But that would be like always cooking food for yourself at home and saying, oh yeah, I eat good, and never having gone to a really good restaurant and go, oh, I didn't know food could be this good. Yeah, That's what or, the Christian walk is like for people that have never gotten into a community or gone to a church or really tried to connect and commune and have fellowship with people. They have no idea what is out there for them. Yeah, when you're in it by yourself, you can't see everything around you. And I, 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 I talked to uh, a lot of the guys in the group and I said, listen, you're in the forest and you can't see the entire forest. And you might even have a map in this forest, but you don't know what all those look, you don't know what these landmarks are, where they are, where you are in relation to them because you're stuck in the thick of the forest. Mm -hmm. And the important thing about having men in our lives is that we're up in the helicopter. We're standing up on a hill and we can see. Now, the hill I'm standing on, I'm in my own forest. So you can see my forest, I can see your force, but I can see the larger picture of that because I've gotten to know you intimately. I've gotten to know each of the men intimately in the group. Mm -hmm. And that's the powerful thing about it because you can be sitting here going, no, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. And you're like, dude, there's a panther about to jump on you. And you don't even know it. Your leg's getting chewed off and you have no idea because it's been getting chewed on for a long time. Let me come down and help you with that. Let's work through it and let's help you get through this force to see the light at the end of it and get out of the thick. Then yep. you're going to come into the thick again. It's just going to happen. So having other people there to help guide uh, in, in the in the physical realm and those guides coming from the spiritual because there's a connection with God and a connection with each other on a spiritual level. It's amazing. How many times have we, how many times have we, posted something. I know for myself, I post my devotional just about every single day, mm -hmm. but I don't just post, Hey, here's my devotional. I read, read it yourself. It's here's what I got from it. I write my own devotional off of that devotional. Yep. And how many times do we get onto Saturday or somebody responds back with, man, I needed that today. Those, man, I'm going through that right now. Oh man, it's crazy that you said that because dude, I was just, just battling that very thing. And that's a spiritual connection that happens right there. Yeah. It's it, crazy. It is. It, it's crazy. And I, I love getting back to the, the, the beginning part of, of a pastor, putting my dad aside from it, a pastor that's willing to be a student still. Mm -hmm. Taking their experience of being in ministry and, and having, you know, being very educated in the Bible, whether they went to theology school or not, you know, being in a place where they can take that and still go be a student and go and educate themselves, but also be there to help people along, mentor people along that aren't as far along in their Christian walk or as experienced or as intimate in their relationship with Christ is the exact same thing that's happening on Saturdays. And, you know, I would challenge our listeners and our viewers right now, if you belong to a church, honestly take an account. Do you think the pastor or pastors of a men's ministry for women that listen to women's ministry, your senior or lead pastor of your church, do you think they would put on the pastor hat or would they put on the child of God hat? And that's really what's in my head, you know, with this is 
if we were to really evaluate, evaluate our pastors or our spiritual leaders in a, a church setting, which hat would they put on? They're both important, don't get me wrong, but you've got to be able to be a student of the Word so that you can go and teach the Word, and you can help bring people up and make disciples. I mean, the verse of the day that came up through my phone app today was, go there forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing each other in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to, you know, follow my decrees. I mean, all those different things, it's, that was the verse of the day, and that's just been stuck in my head of like, okay, we can look every Sunday when we go to church or midweek when we go to the service and sit there and go, man, they're teaching me so much. I love this. I'm being fed. I'm being fed. But how many of our pastors are willing to be fed themselves? And are they looking in a place where it's going to do that? Or are they in a comfort bubble with other pastors where they just sit and talk about their ministry and this many people and these many lives have been saved this year and we grew by this much and our tithes and offerings are at this level and all the business side of it? Or do they really get down to life? Right, right. And that's the important thing is getting down to life, being vulnerable yourself, being open yourself, doing what you're asking your congregation to do and following what Christ is asking you to do. Yep. And Christ talks about being vulnerable as men. Um, and that's why you, that's why, that's why the men that followed Christ were always sent out in multiples. They were always sent out in two because you've got to have brothers to have your back if you're going to be emotionally available for people. We were talking about it tonight in our group about being uh, emotionally available for the women in your life. Being emotionally available, we watched a, a video and you and I went through it. It was, you know, it was chapter four in the core book and talked about being emotional for your daughters. Mm -hmm. And what a powerful statement to be there for. I mean, we, we've all, and I said it to the group, I said, we've all been taught as men that we've got to be men. We've got to be strong and bold and nothing can break us down and we're men and you know, you do what I say. And, uh, and it's, that's such a caveman mentality because the reality is, is yes, we need to be strong for a family. We're the warriors for our family. We're the, we are, we are the, the men that are battling for our families and for the, we're battling for the beauty that is our daughters and, and our wives. Uh, but part of that is being vulnerable and being understanding and emotional with them and allowing them to see the emotions that we have and being there for the emotions that they have. And that's a big, big part of it. And so often we see, and I think it's a, I think it's a bummer because so often we see pastors um, and leaders of churches that are stepping out on their wives. They're going through divorce. They're going through struggles. And is it, is it because you're putting on this facade and you're not willing to be vulnerable? Even with your own congregation, you're not. Be, I mean, when's the last time you heard a pastor stand up and say, "Hey, I'm going through this right now, and here's what God's doing to guide me through it," or "Hey, I need support. I need help because I'm in a battle." Yeah, How I mean, I... bold would that be for a pastor to stand up in front of the congregation and say, "I am broken," leading by example. I mean, and it reminds me of a couple of things. One, I know of a pastor at a church who when word of his affair came out, he already had a prepared letter in his desk of resignation and just walked away from the church. Wow. It's like, so you're, you're not willing to admit fault or to say, no, I'm wrong or to do anything. You have your escape plan already ready to go. Like that's not leadership. And you know, it also reminds me, there's a book um, called leaders eat last. And that title fits very well with ministry 
because like you just said, many men are going, I'm the man, I'm the, the conqueror. I'm the, this, I'm the, that, you know, you've got wife, you must submit to me because the Bible says that. And so many men say, well, my wife has to submit because that's just what God tells her to do. But if you look at the next part of that verse, it says that we've got to sacrifice ourselves for her the way that Christ sacrificed himself for the church. Just like in the book, Leaders Eat Last, you take care of your flock first, and then you take care of yourself. So yeah, you can be the conqueror, you can be the spiritual leader, you can be the man for your family, but are you going to sacrifice yourself and show that you're not the most important, that you're not number one, and that everybody else is more important than you because that's the charge we've been given as husbands? Or are you going to take on this facade and this mask of, I'm going to be tough guy and you're just going to do what I say? Because if you're the latter, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, think about it. I talk about that movie 300, um, and there was another movie, um, is it Gladiator? Where uh, he, he was, was during Roman times, and he was, uh, I think it was Gladiator. The, glad, mm-hmm. the Gladiator or Gladiator. And uh, he ended up battling Caesar or whoever it was. Um, yeah, with uh, Russell Crowe? Yeah. And he keeps flashing back to seeing his wife and his kid. Mm-hmm. And you see these moments, and it's such an emotional moment. And you can see in those moments, there's no armor, there's no sword, there's no shield. He's being he's completely vulnerable in those moments. And the same in 300, he's constantly going back and thinking about it. And now in the thick of the battle, he's not flashing. Neither of them are flashing back to, to that scene, mm-hmm. right? But when that downtime is there and they're not in the thick of the battle, they're taking their armor off and they're there for their beauties that's such a powerful powerful moment because so often we want to be men and we want to wear that armor and carry the shield and carry the sword all the time Mm -hmm. and that's that's not necessary our women need to see us they need to see our hearts they need to be there we need to be there for them in that way Mm -hmm. and and i I think you know as a pastor it's so easy to get in there and there's two reasons for it one is because they say okay well i'm already fixed i'm already there i've reached the holy road and I'm going to show everybody else how to get there, which is completely inaccurate. It's, there's always a battle. Okay. We're always in, we're always in it. And the time that you think you're not battling is the time you're battling the most. Um, and secondarily, um, I, I, I put that on the congregation because if they're brought up to be weak, uh, they're not pushing that pastor to be vulnerable and they're putting them on a pedestal as an idol and they're looking up at that going, this is the man I need to be. That's my godly man. This is the person I need to follow. And it's that's not accurate. No. Uh, we need to encourage to be following Christ and following what the example that's been led by him. And be be strong and bold in that. It's not your it's not your pastor. Your pastor is flawed and sins just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that makes him more special than the rest of us. Nothing. No, and it, it, it's shown so obviously when a pastor goes to a new church and a large percentage of the old congregation just follows along. Oh, well, that's that's my pastor. That's my connection to God. That's the only way I truly feel like I'm being fed. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some pastors that are more dynamic than others and can feed you in, in more you know, dynamic ways. I get that. 
but you know i've witnessed it myself multiple different times and when when you have that happen i've had many conversations with friends that have hopped around and following you know their respective pastors to different churches that they go to and you know it's the i'm of paul i'm of apollos you know i only follow this person i am only of this tribe i'm only of this camp all these different things and it's like so the new pastor that comes into the church isn't as qualified because why because they're being brought in for a reason they've been asked to come on staff for a reason they've been asked to shepherd the flock for a reason and you're willing to just bail because you think that they're not going to teach you you don't even give them a chance right like, right I, I just i don't get that no that's dangerous and that's scary because we give so much weight on men and mm -hmm. and that's that's not healthy that that's not healthy at all a hundred percent because we're gonna fail we're human we're, we're gonna fail and sometimes sometimes people seem so perfect and then you get behind the curtain and you see that there's there's problems there's issues which is okay that's fine yeah. that doesn't make them bad that doesn't make a person you shouldn't you know admire or a person you shouldn't look and say man what are they doing that's different than what I'm doing mm -hmm. how are they following Christ not I want to be that man just what are the action steps that they're taking that are different? That what what makes that person different? I mean, that's what I desire to be. I mean, I just want people to be able to look at me and say, what makes him different? Why why is why is he different than everybody else? Mm -hmm. And and to be humble enough to say, because I follow Christ. Versus because I'm because I'm great because I did this and I did that and I did this. No, it's because I follow Christ. It's because I spend my my mornings reading and praying because I spend my day praying before I go into every meeting. When I leave every meeting, it's a prayer. It's it's a talk with my windshield uh, to, to air dirty laundry and say, hey, or to talk with my windshield and say, hey, thank you so much. Yeah. And just, just putting that out there. And again, we I've said it before too. If you're if you're not a follower of Christ and you don't you don't you don't believe in that, you believe in the world and karma and all that, that's your belief. That's fine. You still need to release these things. You can't hang on to them and, and harbor them. Find find your healthy release. Yep. That would encourage you to find Christ because it's the best way. I mean, there was yeah. blood shed for your life. That's but that's also my faith and that's my belief. Mm -hmm. I, I don't judge you for not for for not sharing that with me. Um, and if you listen to this and and you're sitting here going, oh, here's the God stuff again. You take it as your world. Take it as your karma. Take it as what you believe. The 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 words that are being said. Um, are I, I believe still impactful and still valid you, you can just change the word god for you know buddha or whatever you believe in that's fine um that, that's totally your choice um but I, I think the message is still the same and it's funny because so many people avoid and i've said before they avoid the bible because oh that's god and that's you know that's the best motivational book on the market and it has been for so many years that they don't even put it on the list anymore because it's the number one seller everybody already knows yep it's already known so why put it up why continue to put it on the list i wish they would i wish yeah. everybody else would be number two and bible will always be no, will always be number one battles and wars have been fought over what is in the bible yep I, I, I love I how can't people the go. Same about Zig Ziglar's last book. You know, it's not like people are going like, "Oh no, I believe that you know you've got to have goals, and we're going to fight over this." <laughs> that just doesn't happen. happen. No, no. But I love how people go. Oh, I can't relate to the Bible. I can't relate to the stories. I'm like, okay, well, well, what do you read? Well, I like reading, 
you know, sci-fi and this and sort of fantasy things. Oh, okay, then maybe you should read the book of Revelation. Oh, well, I like reading, you know, Civil War stories or war stories. Really, you should read the Old Testament. And they're like, oh, well, I never thought of the Bible that way. Because you haven't given it a chance. Every I mean, yeah, it's an age-old, you know, cliche, if you will, of, you know, Bible, B-I-B-L-E, stands for basic instructions before leaving Earth. But there is so much in there. I've never heard that. I mean, I know <laughs> basic instructions before leaving Earth. Interesting. It's an acronym. And there you go, an acronym. But but I've I've known people that have read the Bible every single year for 50 years. And you ask them, does it ever get boring? And they go, no, because every time, even though I've read it 50 times or 100 times or 1,000 times, God still talks to me and grows me. What other book can you read 50 times over and go, oh, I got something new out of it that time? Mm-hmm. And how many times can you read it and go, oh, I just watched a movie that was based on that story? Oh, the last book I read was based on that. Oh, the sci-fi that I checked out is fully based on this. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yep. I, I watch all these movies it's, it, and it's over and over again. This is biblical over and over and over again. That's that's where most movies and stories are derived from. Even if it's a person that's anti-Christ, they're still telling the story of Christ every single time. It's just like, yep. oh, yeah, that's already been written. Oh, yeah, that's already been written. It's just a different character name in a different situation at a different time. But it's still the same thing. Yep. Over and over again. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. I love it. And it's just, I, I love the fact that it's been so controversial for so long that that tells me it's real. Yes. Think about that. It has that. to be. Yeah. And if you don't believe that it's real right now, that's in our book will be a day where you will realize that it's either true or it's not. And our hope and prayer is that you realize that it is true uh, and and come to a relationship with Christ. And if you don't, you know, that's, that's completely your choice. God gave us free will. Um, we wish otherwise, but that's completely your choice. Yeah. And I think one of the things as men, too, that is, is really hard for us is we look up to our fathers, um, you know, our earthly fathers and our birth fathers or our adopted fathers, um, wh- whatever have you, stepfathers, you know, whoever you look up to as a man in your life, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was your neighbor because your dad was a dick. I don't know. But we all have a, a man that we look up to and say, man, that, that's the guy that I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And those people are flawed. Yes. And I know for myself personally that looking up to my pastor, looking up to my own family, my own father, um, I look at that and say, that was a big struggle for me for a long time. Because if this is who my father in heaven is, I do not want a relationship with them at all. Because this is this isn't fun. This isn't and cool. A lot of people go through that. A lot do. I mean, I was so angry at the church because when I was young and I was getting into drugs and I was angry at my family and, you know, all these things were going on. And I went to my church and my my youth pastor and I said, hey, I need help. And he said, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, when I'm done planning this and planning that, it was just there was always something more important than me. Not that I need to be the center of the attention and be the most important, but I came to you saying, I need help. Please help me. And it was there was always something else constantly. And I looked at that and said, why would I want this church thing? Why would I want God when 
somebody that's been appointed to be a representative of him doesn't even find me valuable enough to give me the time of day. Yeah. Like how pain did I've spent I, I countless hours in tears over this because it's just, it's so it, it's painful Yeah, to feel that. So how can we be the best representative of our father in heaven? And I look at that for myself with my family and this, you know, just recently within the past couple of years has been the, been the big change for my family because I started stepping up and saying, I am not being a good representative of the person that I see as my father. Now the spirit that I see as my father, I'm being a horrible representation. I'm not here. I'm always just demanding. I'm, I'm emotionally unstable. You know, I don't even know why my wife is still with me. I, I really don't. Um, other than just it's by God. the grace of God, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't deserve it at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but he knows that I'm worthy of that. And I, and she is absolutely gorgeous. She's the most beautiful woman and it, her spirit is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, and now I finally see it yeah. because I don't use my earthly father's comparison and, and it's been, dude, you know, it's been a struggle with my earthly father. And, and, and mm -hmm. what you don't know is recently he and I started texting again. Now uh, we haven't talked or we haven't texted since October. And um, we had five texts back and forth. And then he threw it right back into the old crap. And it was like, oh. and so I just said, you know, and, and I only, I text him just to let him know that, Hey, when you're, when you're ready to desire to have a relationship with me and desire to know me, I'm here and I'm open. And that's not what I said. I just, I text a picture of my new car and he says, Oh, you know, you deserve it. And then it was just right into, you know, a question that was, you can't give a yes, no answer to. And I said, well, that question requires a discussion. So when you're ready to discuss it, schedule a time with me because I'm busy, but I'd, I'll make the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're, I get an answer of you're right. Uh, we can't have a discussion about it. It just needs a simple yes or no answer. <laughs> Okay, well, you're not ready. Control and manipulation of a situation. Yeah, and instead, and I'll tell you this, in the past that would have driven me and defined who I was, and I would have gotten so angry and so mad, and I probably would have taken it out on my wife and my kids, and I would have responded with, you know, well, screw you, you're this, you're that, you're this. And now I, I haven't even responded because I just go, I, I don't even know, this is a no-win response situation. I don't even know how to respond to this other than in prayer. Um, there's nothing else I can do. Well, look at how much your family has changed. Oh, I mean, I haven't in person met your wife, but just hearing from your brothers that are there in Arizona, from how much your wife has changed and grown, not because you've said you need to do this, not because you've said I'm doing this, so you've got to, but because she can see and has mentioned and commented on what has changed she has changed because that's how the Holy Spirit works. And for any right. guy that's listening, that's going, my wife and I always argue, we don't pay attention to each other. We are never on the same page. Why won't she just listen? Why don't you take a look at yourself and see what you need to fix? And don't expect a miracle overnight. Don't even expect a miracle in a month or two months or three months. It may be five, six, seven months, a year before change really takes place. But are you willing to change and lay aside what you think she needs to fix to let God show you what you need to fix? And too often, us as men, we're not willing to do that. 
which is why there are so many challenges, one of the many reasons why there are challenges in marriage, because we'd rather fix the other person to what we want instead of going, God, what do you need me to do? And who do you want me to be? Yeah, pride is an SOB, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, pride is just something that men struggle with on a consistent basis, letting the pride go. Yeah. And I spent so many years developing bad habits in the relationship and being a certain person. And when I, you know, especially especially when I come down from the mountaintop and, um, you know, all of a sudden I'm inspired to be a different man, uh, how often do we see that last a week and then goes away? Yeah. So she says, okay, it's been, you know, whatever, 15 years of this crap. Um, and all of a sudden he's saying he wants to be different. It's not going to go, okay, you're going to be different. <laughs> You've said it before. You've mm -hmm. said it every time after every argument. When are you just going to show it? And when are you going to accept, set aside your pride and accept that you created this. You made the decisions to be where you're at. Mm -hmm. And when are you going to get your your pride in your walk with Christ? When are you going to get your validation from him instead of your validation from your wife? from your father, from your mother, from your children. Yeah. That one's the tough one. How many broken men and women are out there that get their validation from their children? And when you can set that aside and say, you know what? My father in heaven loves me so much that he will forgive me no matter what I've done. Mm -hmm. I just need to ask and I need to lay myself down and say, I need you. I'm willing to give everything up because it's yours in the beginning. Please be here for me. Guide me. And when you set that aside, your pride, and you allow him just to work through you and you hear his voice and you say, where do you need me? Everything becomes different. Everything. And it doesn't mean it's all sunshines and rainbow. It's not just, you know, oh, this is all <laughs> no. great. Like, there's going to be battles. There's going to be time that, you know, trust me, the, the devil wants to get in there and tear you down. That's where he controls you. That's where he has you. Yep. But when your validation is not from those around you, it's from him. Um, it just doesn't matter anymore. Nope. It, it, it becomes so clear and so amazing. And, and I think that's been the big change for my family. It's just been... Listen, there's been major struggles. There's been major issues and stuff that I could have blown up at. I just went through a three-day juice cleanse, and by the last day of it, I was just done with it, and I was I was hangry. My wife's like, you're never doing that again. And, I, okay, I understand. Um, of course, I just go, why? <laughs> but inside you're going, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and, and she's like, you need a sticker bar, Betty White, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But even in that moment, she was accepting and understanding because she knew it was not me reverting back. It was just me hungry. And <laughs> so here's some food. And I, maybe that's why she makes me breakfast every morning now. I don't know. She's a smart woman. Please eat. Here's your coffee. Here's your food. <laughs> don't Please be that be guy. Yeah. So I, that's that's where the, the change comes in. And it becomes real and it becomes effective. Um, and, and yet you're right. It does take time. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, because you, you, you develop these habits and we're human. We still, it, it takes time for that forgiveness and to see that something has actually changed. Yep. And, and it's 
too often were the do what I say, not as I do kind of men in our households and in our marriages instead of going, no, it's not do as I say, not as I do. It's I need to lead by example so you can see what to do and how to do it as Christ showed us what to do and how to do it. And when we can make that change in our mind, it's easy to make, oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. We can legitimize it. We can say, I'm good. No problem. Yep. Nope. See, this is what you need to do. But in our heart, are we really making the changes or are we just lying to ourselves? And I'm willing to bet most of us are just lying to ourselves. And I feel like there's somebody that's watching or listening right now going, why are you guys talking to me? (laughs) Why are you talking to me? And all I'm going to do is tell you this, because God's trying to get your attention. God wants you to live a life worthy of the calling which you have been called and to abide in him and to follow him in a way that only he can provide a peace and understanding and um, a comfort in life that no one can describe until you get to the point where you're trusting God to provide that. So for the person or the people that are listening that are going, man, this is for me. If you need to reach out to us, reach out to us. Email us, DM us. You can email us info at down to the nub.com. We're here to listen to you. We're here to help you. We're here to encourage you, whatever the case may be. Because believe me, there's times where Brandon and I talk and, hey, I'm struggling with this or, hey, I'm struggling with that. That's what we're created to do. Be in community. Ask for help. Christ on the cross talk to God. I don't like this. If there's any way to take this cup from me, please do it. No, that's what I need to do because it's what's worth it. And all of us need to realize that sometimes it's doing something that's painful that we don't want to do to get to a place where God really wants us. And I love it. There's a thing that comes in my head. I don't know the verse because I'm I'm terrible at remembering where it comes from, but I, I know it talks about, you know, leaving your father and your mother, giving up of all of your possessions, giving up of everything and follow me. And I remember reading that saying, I, I, I don't know that I want to live in a tent behind Walmart um, or on a piece of cardboard because it's what I found and it wasn't mine. I, I, that doesn't sound right to me. And I don't want to leave my wife and I don't want to leave my kids. And I don't, you know, and, it, and part of that I hear is like, I don't want this, right? But the other part of it is, is I've come to realize he's not asking me to physically leave my wife and my children or my father or my home or the things that I have, it's a realization that none of that is mine. Yes. I am a steward of these things that are of the earth and it's follow me, use these things that I've given you for the benefit of the greater good for the benefit of, of my kingdom. Yeah. And where you're going to spend an eternity. Um, so that was really that that was one of those hard things for me to hear from the church because it was you know you hear that verse and you're like whoa time out buddy like I, I I love you I love where this is going uh, this is pretty cool until you said that because uh, I like my car I like being able to drive and come see you in California uh, I don't really want to walk that and I don't want to do it barefoot because I gave my shoes away and it's 115 degrees in Phoenix yeah. That's not what it means. And, and I've, I've come to realize that you can't take these things so literal. It's, it's giving up of yourself mm-hmm. 
to be there for his kingdom and for him and for what his calling is and what your calling is through him. It's giving up that because he's blessing the crap out of me. And it doesn't mean I, every check I get in for my business, I need to go give it to somebody. <laughs> These things are here and they're not going to go away. It's, it, it's, it's not like, oh, that guy's not living for me, so give it to him. Maybe he'll live for me if you give him, you know, whatever, a $20,000 check. Mm -hmm. That's not what it is. No. It's giving that up and just saying, this is not mine. How can I use what you've given me to benefit you? Yes. And just absolutely trusting that 100%. Yeah. As it says in Titus, entrust these things to faithful men. Mm -hmm. God entrusts things to faithful men. He will entrust things to unfaithful men in hopes that they become faithful men. Those who have been given much, much is expected. And if you don't feel like God's given you much, then how much are you investing in yourself to be closer to him? Yeah, we have one individual. I'm not, I'm not going to name him, and, and, um, but he, he's really gotten behind um, the House of Rejects ministry. And just absolutely loves what this is becoming. And it's amazing because he owns his own business and, and he, he his tithing or his giving uh, goes to us and to the ministry and to him. I mean, it's it's benefiting, you know, because he's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And and I was talking to him the other day. He says, you know, when, when, I, when I get a check from a customer, I immediately, as soon as it clears the bank, I immediately take 10% off the top and I send it to you. And I, I thought about that, and it's, it's, he pays the expenses out of that. He pays everything out of that still. But it's not like he's pulling the, the parts and the labor and all this stuff out and what's left over, giving 10%. It's off the top. And it's, man, what a, that's, that's odd. What a, what a, what a blessing and what a way to say, I'm trusting you. Yeah. This is, it's, it's 10% of the parts that were purchased. It's 10% of everything saying my first 10, he says, it's my first fruits. It's what I'm called to do. Yes. And, and it's, it's check by check. I see the deposits come in and it's check by check. I mean, I could literally look at the deposits and go, this is how much you made this year. Um, you know, cause I, because I know it's 10%. And, and it, mm-hmm. when he told me that it just was like, I, whoa, cause I've talked to other pastors and they analyze it and say, okay, well, it's your net after you do this and you do that. And then, you know, for your business, you do it this way. And for your personal, you do it that way. And for the, it, it's so analytical and broken down because that's what's comfortable for me. Yeah. And the Bible says take 10% of your stock houses, press down, yeah. shaking together, everything, all in from the top. Your best. Yes. Not your leftover, your best. Yep. Don't sacrifice the blemished calf. Sacrifice your best calf. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. How how much trust does that out. take? Yeah, to just, how much how much trust? Wow, man! I just when he told me, I was like, man, "Am I failing?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Shots done talking to you. We're done. Yeah, right. We're done. I'm <laughs> done talking. I don't, I don't want to do that. That's you know. But again, it's I don't want to. Yeah. So I, I think it's cool, man. We just just learning to trust him, and, and kind of go, going back to the beginning of where all this started because we kind of went through a whole bunch of different things here, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back to the beginning is is that pastor because they're what the pastors as a businessman, I'll put it this way: what the pastor's selling is 
the words that are coming out of his mouth, mm-hmm. right? And uh, hopefully, your hopefully your pastor of your church is is speaking the words that Christ is giving him, and giving the best, and being willing to set that aside and say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself to you so that you can work on me," is a big step for a pastor, mm-hmm. huge. It's it's this it's the psychiatrist that hires a psychiatrist for help. Because <laughs> it's like I'm taking on everybody else's problems. I got some of my own. I need somebody to talk to too. <laughs> yep. And that's what I love about the church we're developing too, is it's it's a different way of doing things because we're creating a group on Saturday morning and that group is gonna spread out and go and create other groups. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. But they will always come back to that Saturday. Yes, because that to be fed. Yeah, and that's the place where you can set down your shield and your sword. And you can come and sharpen that sword and you can be fed and you can be built and you can train and you can grow. And then you go back to the church that you developed, that God called you for with the men that he put in your life or the women that he put in your life and you go to battle Yes. and you come back to your original group and you get fed. So it's not, okay, guys, I got what I can get out of here. I'm leaving to go lead and you know, be a pastor. It's no, it's, it's, I'm going to do this. I can come back and go, man, this, oof. My Tuesday morning group, man, oh, they are messed up. I don't know how to do this anymore. God, these guys are screwed up. This guy, man, and that guy, and oh, dude, what do I do? Because these guys are messed up. And it's like, hey, remember when we started this and you were that guy? Yep. <laughs> okay, so how do we go through this? And uh, it just it's a, it's a really cool concept, and I, I would love to see more pastors pick this up. And, and go on with that because that's what we originally were called to do before the church became a profit center. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. And there we go. Good job, Forrest. <laughs> well, I think that's going to... Keep running and running <laughs> and running. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, but... Um, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. If you've listened this far, um, thank you for joining us on our journey of life. Yeah, we talk about cigars. We started it with cigars and, you know, the consensus and different things and ratings and all the different fun stuff that's been going on recently in the industry. But if you get through an episode, uh, we genuinely believe it's because God has something to share with you and that you enjoy this time of fellowship, even though it's through your ears or, you know, through a TV screen or your phone screen. But we appreciate the time that you spend with us. We know that time is the most valuable thing you have. And we appreciate being a part of that, whether it's on your way to work or home or whatever it may be. Uh, But if you want to connect with us more, all the social media stuff is right there underneath Brandon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Down to the Nub. And if you would like to help cover the costs of what it takes to put on Down to the Nub, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash down to the nub. And it's as affordable as like $3 a month to start. And every single dollar helps. What we have said from the beginning is is God's podcast and essentially a ministry that we're not in control of. We've just been entrusted uh, to usher it wherever God wants it to go. So uh, thank you for listening. And we, uh, for this week, well, have somebody we- exciting. Yeah, and before you before you close it completely out, uh, don't uh-huh. forget uh, our YouTube channel as well. Uh, Sundays, three p.m. Pacific. See, that's why I'm here, right? Exactly. Yeah. So don't don't forget to catch us on Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings, um, three p.m. Pacific, six p.m. Eastern, uh, which is live. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, very cigar focused. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity for you to jump in and ask your questions, get your answers, find out more about the industry, dive in. And our Patreon supporters get to have a green room experience afterwards. So if you are a Patreon supporter, we want to show that appreciation by allowing you to have a private moment, um, uh, some extra time after the show uh, with the guests that we have on to build. Just just jam with them and find out and have a cigar with them. And enjoy your time. Yep. And make sure you click subscribe and ring that bell because Brandon will still never know what that means and that's just how brandon is welcome to my world but uh go ahead and click subscribe and ring that bell and uh yeah we look forward to seeing you guys on sunday brandon who do we have this sunday we've got somebody really exciting who do we have this Sunday? oh yeah uh we have the (laughs) i was like what do we have going on i scheduled them uh we have uh the president of ep carrillo cigars which got number one cigar of the year from two different publications and um, was number 11 on the consensus um, with the pledge. So we will have uh, uh, David Spurt from uh, EP Cario Cigars. He's become a really good friend of mine, a great businessman, great mind, uh, very educated in the cigar industry. We are uh, going to be having in the future some other people from EP Cario as well. Uh, but we'd love to, to have the opportunity to bring David on, um, express some of what he's been going through since uh, getting number one, what all that looks like, the craziness within, and just get all of your questions answered either about EP Creo or just about the industry in general. Yep. So look for that on Sunday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, that's going to be the Super Bowl episode. That's right. We start before the Super Bowl, and my team's not playing. Brandon's team never plays, so why bother even watching? Or do they always play? Or that's true. Your team. That's true. Your team does always play, and they always win. I vote for the uh, the black and white striped team every single yes. week. Yeah, absolutely. The ones go with the prisoners whistle. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I right, tackled. <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Have a great week, and God bless, guys. Bye bye. 